Welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast presented by MAP. My name is Alex Clements and if you do need some new cycling kit, make sure you head to map.cc. They've just done a collab with Polartec on their new winter range. For me, their winter kit is where they really thrive. I re- remember getting it for the first time and I've been using it ever since because it is, it's the quality really shines. It's 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 a luxury, especially as it starts to cool down here in Australia. So if you need some new winter kit, head to map.cc and you'll be able to see their full range there. Today's podcast is with the Melbourne Football Club captain Max Gorn uh, and the director of signature sport Jason Backer, who looks after Caleb Ewan, Jack Hay, Lucas Hamilton, uh, Rob Stannard and Dylan Sunderland. Uh, as well as working with Cadell Evans when he won the Tour de France um, and in turn also uh, working with Cadell as they created the Cadell Evans Great Ocean Road Race. Uh, we talk about his athletes, how they're going, give some update on Caleb and his team and what he's thinking about that, Lucas and all the other people um, that work with him. We also talk with Max and himself about the AFL, the cycling business model, the sporting business model, where it could go, uh, what are the potential opportunities for it, what are the what are the pitfalls of it? And I guess taking a lot of learnings from Max's experience within the AFL and the very professional business model that they operate under. If you do, oh, if you've got any thoughts on on that topic in particular, I'd be keen to hear uh, what you have to say. Uh, so please send us a note, leave us a review on uh, the podcast uh, store if you get a chance as well. That'd be greatly appreciated. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, uh, welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast. Back to the head office, Max Gorn, and joining us today, we've got the director of Signature Sport, Jason Backer, who has a, a wealth of athletes under his wing that he's mentored into the the, the pro cycling ranks. Which uh, I think you speak of it as you've also bagged yourself a Tour de France win across across the time. Yep, the one of the two Australians to have ever won the Tour de France. Myself and Cadell, so celebrated far and wide across Melbourne. That was, wasn't it? Welcomed us back from France. It was great, great times, great very, times, very good times. Max, you were just you were just dusting off your uh, schedule for the day. Five thirty, wake up. Yep. Can you just run us through what, yeah, it actually, well, what it actually looks like? Training to do. I usually get to train around seven thirty. It's about an hour drive from. I'm down the coast now, so. Um, an hour drive from wherever I am. So I like to wake up, get some eggs into me, have a coffee, and just tune into the GCN app and have a little watch on whatever stage it was on the night before. Uh, at the moment, it's to uh, the Romandie. Uh, did I say that right? Nailed yep. it. Nailed Close it. Yeah. Uh, which is extreme Australian talent going on there at the moment. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's... And I get a bit flat when there's not like a little one-day race or a stage race for one of the mornings. So I, I don't know what to do. Mm. Well... It's pretty rare, though. It is rare. It seems like we're just running tour into tour into uh, one week tours into stage races into. We, we just come through a wealth of spring classics with the. Sometimes you have to chase the uh, European tour every now and then just yeah. to suss out what's going on there. Yeah. How's life down the coast, Max, by the way? It is beautiful, Jase. Yeah. It is uh, one of the better moves I've done. Not sure my wife completely agrees, but. Yeah. Um, we're only an hour out of town, so it's not like uh, it's the world's worst drive. And we're at Cranbourne at the moment, yep. uh, the the D's. So we train, right. we train at Casey Fields. So um, yeah, I like it, and um, I'm enjoying my life. And that's probably why my footy's going well as well. I've always thought you got to have um, some enjoyment outside of the game, and you tend to play your best footy when that happens. Mm. It's a, it's a very good point, Jason. Something that um, a lot of athletes ponder with when they first go to the European European ranks as a pro athlete, as an amateur. Uh, as an amateur, you're normally a bit more restricted to where your team is located. But currently, if, if guys are turning pro, what, what, what are you recommending in terms of where they live, what they're considering uh, and what they're looking for? Because as Max touched on... If, in, invest in their happiness. Yeah. So don't be scared to spend some money at the start, even though they haven't got a heap. Like for amateurs, they don't have the option. But for the young pro riders, the neo pros and that, don't be scared to invest a bit of money in a good TV, good coffee machine, set your house up or your unit or apartment up properly so it feels like home. So it starts mm. to feel like home after a while. So I remember that's the first thing with Caleb. Like we weren't sure. He wasn't sure whether to buy an outdoor setting for his balcony and that. And there was a – got a cheap – looking at a cheap one, get a proper one. You're going to spend a bit of time. You're in a little apartment. Your balcony's going to be mm. your sanctuary really. 
So I think invest. Invest in your happiness. The yeah. big issues of the outdoor setting. Which one did he go for? <laughs> he went for like a uh, like the stone, the stone yeah, type. It was quite nice. a heavy one. That's nice. And uh, yeah, I, I remember one. He went for a training ride. And he had that much. I got there. Was that much cardboard? He's got this balcony <laughs> overlooking the Mediterranean. He's got full full of cardboard. He couldn't sit out there or have a coffee or anything. So I, I got the Stanley knife out and uh, actually made myself useful and um, <laughs> cut up the cardboard. It felt like my old man actually. Like he's done for me over the years and put it in the recycling bin. But I think it's important that the boys invest in their happiness. I, I would say that to any sportsman, anyone, but certainly for the if you're living overseas and you're a little bit nervous and anxious and whatever, try and make it feel like home. Mm. Yep. Especially on that Neo Pro contract, it can be a bit like, oh, I'm not earning that much money. What do mm. I do with it? But <clears throat> as you said, you can't can't really put a value on you being well, comfortable. I think what Max says is a really good point. You're happy in life. It, it, gives you the best chance to translate into your performance and so for me that's a that's a wise investment in your performance in my now if it doesn't work out well it's not going to be a difference between your life prosperity whether you're going to be financially successful or not so i think it's a really important thing you got to you got to invest in the game to try and get money out of the game yeah exactly um, that's like a business isn't yeah, it yeah correct yeah uh, so, I mean, they talk to us about that all the time. There's so many things you can do to make sure your body and your mental space is at the right level, but um, you've got to invest. I, I, I don't think I got too much money to show for my first three or four years in the football club. I was, I was lowly paid as well. Um, back then, my, my first contract was, was 40 grand, which, I mean, that's great money for an, eight, for an 18-year-old, but now they're at 100 minimum, the yeah. AFL guys going in. Yeah. Um, and I made sure I invested in everything just to make sure I was happy and had the right surroundings. And um, not saying that's why I'm still playing football, but I'm sure it's got a pretty good played a part. Factor, I bet. Yeah. Yep. Mm. It was something even even Caleb did that in the under twenty three ranks. Yeah, um, he did. He moved out of where all the other boys were staying. Out of the dormitory. Out of the dormitory. Um, same deal. It's his own apartment, his own space. He had his own coach. He had kitted out to the nines. Um, he had, a, he had a pro's mind right from the start, didn't he? Yeah. Whereas, Before he was pro. Whereas me and Flakey were flapping around in uh, Gavarate, just trying to keep our heads above water. Deciding which gelati you're going to have that night, exactly. what flavour. Exactly, exactly. Was there, was there any other things? So, housing, one. Mm-hmm. Was there anything else that you invested in early that you think really reaped rewards at the end? Uh, definitely um, a lot of cycling stuff. Um, so, in terms of my bike, um, I had a watt bike at home. Um, that sort of set up so that made my knee nice and strong um, which wasn't cheap and, and anyone who knows anything got to do with bikes it, it's quite steep mm. um, unless you know Jason he tends to help you out sometimes but um, <laughs> and then uh, like uh, recovery making your body as good as possible like I've um, I had a sauna at home at one point which was a big investment so there's stuff like that just constantly investing in stuff that um makes you like i get ha- happiness from feeling good as well so mm. being in the ocean stuff like that mm. yeah yep 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 jason what's um what's the biggest topic at the moment for you under your suite of athletes caleb ewan lucas hamilton rob stannard jack haig it's a bit going on at the moment yeah they're all they're, look they're all if you mention those four guys and dylan sunderland as well a young guy with um assos quebeca they're all at different stages of their career and different stages of the season their preparation where their goals are Caleb's building towards the Giro. We know that Caleb said he's going to try and win a stage of every Grand Tour this year. Um, ideally, if things move in the right way, he's going to have a look at the green jersey, see if he can have a little bit of a – see how he goes in the climbs. And we, I think what we saw at Milan-San Remo suggests that that may not be um, – not a far-fetched goal, I would he think. He's almost riding people off his wheel. Yeah. Jason. Yeah, the, the vans, the van arts and van der Poles and – any other van there was trying to sort of just hanging on to him there going up the uh, the Poggio there. So, yeah, look, he's I think Caleb's in, in great form. The the team, not necessarily, but personally, he's in great form. Um, so he's got a he's got a big year ahead of him, I, you know, uh, and I think he'd be, he'd be encouraged by his form. I think he'd probably like to see the team showing a bit more form too. So, yeah. Mm. Um, that's fair to say, would it be? Well, it was something that I brought up with Max. I, I, I did a podcast with Caleb after Milan San Remo and almost fell off my chair when he said that they went to the race with him, Philip Gilbert, Wellens, Dejinkol, um, as leaders mm. and no one was with him over the top of the climb. Four options. It, uh, it Yeah, it speaks to um, one of my kind of 
moments that still sticks in my head when Trenton was in the bunch. He was at Mitchelton Scott, and I still have it. I I still haven't forgiven Trenton. Nibbly. When Nibbly won, mm. Trenton was in the bunch. He had one teammate there. Didn't do the job. Caleb wins the bunch. bunch well, he rode off by himself, didn't he? Trying to catch him himself. I think so, you'll be prepared to lose it to win it, don't you? If so, he has one teammate on over the, that gets over that climb, they chase uh, your pick, Jasper Stoyven. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's, you know, and Caleb looks at Stoyven and says, oof, I'd like to have him riding for me, but he's, he's strong. But yeah, you've got to be prepared to lose it to win it. Yeah. So, you know, when you've got option A, B, C, D, G, how often does that come up? Like, sometimes you've got to be like, well, if we don't, if, this, if option A doesn't work for us, we don't win the race. It's okay. We're going to put all our eggs into that basket. That's my view anyway. So. I remember we chatted last year about the amount of talented sprinters there are in the tour at the moment. Uh, but I think there's a clear two now, which means surely they invest heavily on Caleb because Sam and Caleb look like they're ahead of Arno DeMar and Grunewagen and these guys. Looks like there's a clear two. And the fact that you're going in for to the only sprint-friendly uh, one-day classic... The fact that you're going in with four men as favourites and not the best sprinter in the world was phenomenal. Well, they're there. They're, if 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 Bennett and Caleb are in the race, they're invariably in the sprint. They're invariably in the top three every 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 yeah. time. They're there every time. So the others sometimes. And Demar, look, he had a good year last year. But Caleb and Bennett have been there for a few years now. Yeah. They're there. And Caleb's what's Bennett? Thirty? Thirty-one? He's a bit, he's a bit older. The, Demar's a bit older. So Caleb's still quite young compared yep. to those guys. You know, him and Gaviria are sort of that mid-20 range. The other boys are sort of more 30-ish. Well, Gronowegan might be around Caleb's age, but um, I've, yeah, I just feel like Caleb's ready. He's such a pro and he's been building and building and building and he's coming into his absolute prime, like, get behind him, guys. Come on. Mm. He can do some damage. Yep. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. He's he's a strong person, Caleb. So he's he's got a lot to look forward to. He's a lot of the year ahead, a lot of the season ahead. But Malansi and Rambo, he's you'd you'd like to think he's destined to win that. Yeah. Um, but not, you know, I, I always say you want to win it. But I think Caleb's good enough to win it multiple times. You know, yeah. I'd like to see him win it three times. Um, each year goes by, maybe it become that becomes harder. But um, who else do we talk about? Lucas climbing well. Caleb Lucas. Oh, Lucas. Lucas. Uh, yeah. So I think Lucas is building up. Lucas, if you know Lucas. Everything's very quite methodical. He's he's very mature the way he plans. He doesn't try it. He doesn't get his calm, composed, measured guy, I reckon, Lucas. Um, he's playing the long game, I reckon, in his career. And I feel like he's playing the long game in, in the year this year. That's my yep. view of Lucas. Like He's always got his picture on the long the long game, not the early win. So if he doesn't sort of – what's he – where's he top 10 this year? I'm just trying to think. What races is Lucas top 10 um, in? Paranese top Paranese. 10. That was a significant one. I think for me too, um, having – a bit of communication with him is he just he's like got this piece of confidence that he knows that he's not at the top yet and he's mm. still getting those results there's a little bit more to come he's he's not he's not getting nervous or anxious by seeing Podjakar go and win a, a tour or Bernal or um Sivakov or these guys who show performances at times he's really just focusing on what he's doing yep. not what others are doing uh, that, you could apply that to every sport but I, I it seems logical, but it's not common. So, um, so I think Lucas is playing a really good game. He's um, going Giro or Tour? Tour. Uh, tour. Well, don't know. Yet. Don't know if it's Tour. I think that's rumored to be potentially the plan. I mean, and who are they? Who are they taking there? Is it Yates? So they're taking Yates is the Giro. Yates, Yates Giro. is doing the Giro, so which Esteban. Yeah, Esteban looks in good form. To be fair, that, that's that's. So I was speaking to Rob Stannard about that, and he said he's riding very, very well, and yeah. he fe- feels like he what the the challenges he's had, for illness wise, whatever he are, he's genuinely they were genuine, genuine real issues, issues. Yeah. and he's come over that. He's a smart rider. His confidence is up, so he's riding well. That's right. He's he'd be one of the more informed riders going around at the moment. He was beating Michael uh, Matthews. Basically, in the two one-day classics they rode together, he was Chavez was. I was almost saying you should ride for Esteban here. Yeah, so he's he's in really good form, which is it gives them another option for bike exchange, which is great. Um, so yeah, I, I think Lucas is more moving towards the middle of the year, but that's all to be played out a little yep. bit. But yeah, it's feel, it seems that he's got a real. I got I got a full I got some business to do at the Giro, which yep. he's been close before, and clearly that's what where he's at at the moment. So so that's Lucas. Um, Rob Stannard has just finished a really strong classics campaign. He appeared on my TV in one of the classics. He got close. 
Brabant. Brabant's appeal. appeal. Yes. Um, come fifth. So he's and, and in the move and in the winning move. Yeah. Key, key point. That is not an easy split to make. Yeah. yeah. He's. I think he's building really nicely. Um, but he's a he's a few years away, Rob. But it's it's tough competition. Let's face it. Um, but he's got he's under the guidance of Matt Heyman, who's the sport the DS for a lot of his races. Um, but he's a guy who just he's a you know people talk, ask you about Cadell and say so Cadell has a pure love of riding his bike. Yep. Rob Stanhart to me is a pure bike rider. Like he's a racer. He's seems born. like a he he's going to win stages where you need a bit of craft. Yeah, that's what it seems. Yeah, like. he's, and he's strong. Yep. Um, he was telling me this. Uh, uh, Got in the races you was talking to him about, but he's behind Vanderpoel and he was filthy with himself. He took the wrong line behind Vanderpoel. What race would have that been? Uh, it was a stage race, anyway. Vanderpoel won the stage, but Rob was, you know, I said, Oh, did he run out of gas? He was offended that I said, You yeah, Vanderpoel cook here, and he was offended, like, No, no, he did not. He yeah. just he took the wrong line and yep. lost his way, and all of a sudden, some, some, some of the boys got through underneath him, but. I really like what Rob Stanard's doing, and I really like what he can do in the future. I think he's got some some exciting results ahead of him. Mm. Yep. Um, it's interesting too. With is is he kind of under Bling's wing there a little bit at Mitchelton? And, right well, now? I, and I know he's enjoying that. He's enjoying riding with Bling. He's enjoying. He feels that they're combining together really well. So mm. the you know it's the master and the apprentice to a little bit. Um, so I think he's really feels like they're building a really good relationship. He's getting a lot out of that. So yeah, look, he's going really well. There's another similar rider, uh, the Kiwi, um, Dion, Dion Smith. Smith. Yeah, they're yeah. all they're all quite similar. Yeah, in the way that's they right. Ride. Yeah, that's a good call. So Rob and Dion Smith had a lot of races last year where they were pretty close in the in the end was result. It, did they do the Volta together? Uh, was it that that I was watching? Oh yeah, they did. Yeah. They did. Yep. And they they tend to ride a fair few races. Not as many this year, but last year they did. But they are similar. Yep. Um, then Hagey, Jack Hague. Got one more question yep. just on um, just on that Stannard Matthews dynamic. Max, Max touched on it before. I'm I'm really interested to where does Matthews sit now with the Vans, as you've talked about, just dominating that. They've kind of eliminated that part time sprinter role. If you can climb and sprint, it's like well, mm. doesn't really matter anymore. If if you're looking after Matthews, like what what would you be looking at for him as as he kind of heads to the back? back Back end of his career, experience. He's got a lot of experience now, hasn't he? He's been around a long time now. He's been got a lot of results. You'd like, you, I guess, at the end of to your the end of your career in any sport, you've got to start calling on your experience and your craft. Your craft. Um, it's a good question, Alex. Like at the moment, when the vans are on, sort of, they haven't just eliminated part-time sprinters. They've eliminated a few other riders as well, I think. So. Um, I would think experience has to play into it. I, I, I think he's maybe you look at it from a different angle. Yeah, you know, I'm sure they're trying things. Um, he seems to be there or thereabouts, but it's not that easy to beat these blokes. They're has pretty he, special. Riders, has he got a green? They? Has he got a green jersey? Green jersey's got yeah, one. Got yeah. one. Yeah. The one that Sagan got DQ'd. Yeah, yeah. Got it's um, these guys, these new, these Van der Poel, Van Art, um, Ella Philippe. For me, I, I'm a, almost. Are we going to see a thing like tennis with Federer, Nadal? Djokovic, like, is is this what it's going to be in cycling moving forward? Is there a – or is, you know, are there other guys going to um, – what's going to happen there? But at the moment, it's looking like they're in a – they're coming up to an era of a fair bit of dom. Those three are going to win a lot of races. Mm. Um, I, I thought it was going to happen this year, and then this year we've amazingly seen Quick Step win one with Asgreen, Jasper Stoyer yeah, yeah, line yeah. one. So it's still going to be that course, occasional. Yeah, you're right. And that, I think the sport needs that too. Yeah. So, but – They've obviously, you know, Caleb said these guys are phenomenal riders. They're, They're incredible riders. Vanderpoel's courage to go from far out is something to. Anyway, we're not talking about him. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, uh, and then obviously, can you get your hands on Vanderpoel potentially? Uh, get no, him in signature sports. No? Gee, that'd be nice. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm thinking he'd be pretty well tied up <laughs> yeah, by who right. was looking after uh, Vanderpoel. So. Um, no, no, I'm pretty happy with the Aussie boys. Jack Hag. Jack Hag. So Hagee's at Bahrain Victorious, first year at Bahrain Victorious. Is that your first time dealing with them? Uh, yep. Um, first time with a contractually. Yep. So dealt with them. Uh, they had Rod Allingworth uh, there, who we dealt with, but Rod subsequently moved, went back, returned back to Team Ineos, where yep. he was um, Dave Brailsford's sort of main man there. Um, so that through a little bit of a different um, different slant on things. So sort of when you've sort of got someone's vision and you're 
you, you talk through and you'll buy into somebody's vision and then that person then goes. Um, that's, you know, I yep. guess it's like you looking at a club and a saying a coach, coach is comes. a part of it and then all of a sudden the coach is gone, there's a new coach. Yeah. So, But I think Jack's had a really solid, very solid start to the year, probably flown under the radar a little bit, but had a really good liage, best on liage. Um, strong, really strong ride, not far, what, 12 seconds off. Probably... Um, Wanted a top 10. He went into it wanting a top 10. I think he came 17th. Um, but I think, again, he's like he's building nicely. But I think there's they're sort of still they're finding where they are at the moment as a team. So, obviously, yep. the guy that was coming to set their pathway forward and their direction, the strategy has gone. So, they're re, resetting, I suppose. So seems, It seems like they're going back to Bill Bow and Lander. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're resetting a little bit. But I still think Jack will show himself to... Jack, Jack, he's very important for them. Yeah. They're going to need Jack to be riding really well. But Jack's a very smart rider and very. He's if there's one guy who knows how to have himself at, in tip-top condition at the right time, Jack. Yeah, mm. just had the birth of his first child. Um, so sometimes those things, I reckon those things can really. I think Caleb had birth of his first child and went on to win three stages of the Tour de France afterwards. Um, so hopefully Jack can have so a similar effect on Jack. Does that mean you're encouraging all your athletes to, <laughs> yeah. to have kids? Just maybe, not, maybe just time, but outside the Tour de France, like a week before the Tour de France. So yeah. uh, not the not the ideal timing. But and then um, Dylan Sunderland's the other the other guy I manage, and Dylan's at Assos Quebec. He's unfortunately he's returning from a uh, a bout of COVID nineteen, yeah. um, and that still plays with him a little bit. Was it's, he the only one of the five? Yeah, um, and I think. COVID is, yeah, people who are a bit blasé about it should not be blasé about yep. it. So it's had an effect on him. But he's back. He's riding Romandy. He's doing a really solid job there for the team, and it's good to see him back. But it, it, it took the wind out of his sails a bit. Yep. Mm. How's, um, how's, how's that team coming together? I know Doug pulled, pulled a sponsor in really late um, last year. Thankfully, they've got it off the ground. Yeah. Um, h- how does that kind of affect an athlete's run through that? Messy period of do we I think, have a sponsor? I think they're. I think what they've got is reality. They're, they're real. They're. They don't need a reality check. They know where they're at. So they know that they're a, a money ball team, so to speak. Yep. They know they don't have the big hitters. They know they don't have the budget of the other teams. But it's a. It's a triumph that they're there. But you don't want to just be there on the world tour. It's like an AFL. You don't want to be just one of eighteen teams. We're happy to be here. Yep. That's the worst thing you can be. And that's what Hagee, I guess, talks about with Bahrain. We don't want to just be here and just exist. We've got to have a purpose. We want to know what we're trying to be. I think they know where they're at and they're trying to be opportunistic. They're trying to sort of, if they get in enough breaks, then hopefully one can stick. They know realistically, they've come off a pretty challenging classics um, campaign. But um, I think they can build. I believe that they're talking to some new sponsors. They could. They need some budget. Um but it's a long term. Doug Ryder is a really good person. He's a good person. Wanting cycling, having a team from South Africa or South African aligned team—that's great for the sport globally. Um, and they do great things for people, you know, for the kids in Africa. Um, and I think they've got some really good people on the team. So Simon Clark's a great person for that team to go yeah. there. Someone like him in a leadership role, person who knows how to punch above their weight, so to speak. So he's a perfect person for Asos Quebec. Rob Power, as we know, went there. Um, and so it's a good team for Dylan. He's got a role at the team, and he feels valued. So, um, but they're still got to they got to build. Yeah, um, talking to Doug last year it was it was I actually came out of it amazed as the the kind of the clear direction that he has towards what they're what they're there for. There's a like you talked about. There's a clear purpose, yeah. which I don't think any other team has. Ineos is connected to the tour, but that's victory based. Everyone else is performance based. Quick step in their culture, maybe. Um, but yeah, speaking of Doug, I think if you can continue to articulate, they should be they should be the most uh, financially safe team in the peloton. Um, but yeah, yep. On um, on Hagey too. Did you did you see uh, last night's last night's little lead out from him? He let let out Colbrelli with about five hundred to was go. Was that Hagey? Yeah, that was Hagey. Yeah, right. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't yeah. seen it yet. I must admit, I saw Cole Brelly won it, and they really—that's a boost for that team. Yeah, um, I didn't realise how hey, you let him out. I had my no. Kiwi hat on, so I was wanting Paddy Bevan, unfortunately, mm. um, and I was actually quite unhappy because he—he was on Hagee's wheel, and then Sonny got in front of him. Um, no, that's a, a lead out man. Put that in the resume as well. Put it in the resume. Another string to your bow. You can't have too many strings to your bow. Yeah, okay, perfect. 
It's like yeah. putting you up forward, Max, and taking a big mark, kicking a goal up forward, which you've become a goal kicker now. Yeah. So, although you like doing it from outside 50 more than up forward I, in the goal square. I don't like the close ones. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like the close ones. Um, I, I like kicking through the ball. For yeah. some reason, I don't kick through it when I'm close. Uh, it's more of a crowd pleaser out from out 50 anyway. So It's, just something, it's always against Geelong as well. Seem to be missing easy miss ones against Geelong. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really matter though because you've already got enough of a buffer to Jesus seal the game up. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, I, I kicked it when it mattered in the 2018 final against Geelong. Went back and spotted <laughs> one that day. I'll come back with some Geelong comments <laughs> a bit later in this podcast. I've got a few jotted down. <laughs> Is um, it, what 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 excites you about the sport at the moment, Jason? What what are you looking at? What is there where are the growth opportunities um you know what coming out of well we're not out of COVID-19 obviously but coming out of this uh it almost gives you a chance to reset and if you're smart and I'm not sure you know um everyone gets a chance to reset and say well you can try new things you can do new things I mean sometimes when when we've had an experience like we've had a, a, a pandemic um, it's almost like everyone, you can go back to square one and say it's without sort of you, you try and do that the AFL last year you, you try and go back to square one without a pandemic like year on year on year it's almost it's impossible but now sort of anything's on the table now you we saw it, yeah we saw what happened in the AFL last year you would have thought you'd have 20 something games in however many days it was and mm. what we had it shows you you can do things you actually can do things it doesn't have to be the same old same old so what excites me is why not try some things why not what it's the time we're still in the pandemic, particularly in Europe. Um, we're still compromised, so uh, but uh, so that excites me. Not sure what that is, but to say what, what could it be? We had to. It showed that we could do races at different times of the year. We could do um, consolidate things uh, into short periods, big races in short periods. Um, what what doesn't excite me is you know the uni- united approach that will need to take to bring that on, like the. AFL, yeah, one thing I think about a lot with sport, you really, you never maybe get total unity, but you need unity, you know, like the athletes for the Players Association, you need, you're going into collective bargaining agreements and that. If you haven't got unity, then you don't achieve anything. And as a sport, and then there's a bigger picture about having unity about a bigger picture. The big thing about, I think about cycling, I try to always think about this with other sports. Is there another sport that really requires so much on multinational, you know, different cultures and different, you know, languages, people to, to unify to actually represent what's good for the sport. Like if you look at soccer, um, the English English players are represented by the Professional Footballers Association yep. in England. They're not represented by a global body. Yep. It's by the by the country. But cycling doesn't have that. Cycling doesn't even have barely has a representative body. It says it does, but it barely does. Um, so the sport, yeah, to how does it come together? How does mm. the French teams come together with French teams and the Aussie team and the English team and the this? The, how do we come together? How does the sport come together and for the common good? Don't know, I waffled on a bit there. It's a good. It's a good point. Mm. That's one thing you do see with cycling is they haven't changed. Got COVID and they've just gone straight back to normal. Yeah, they had a revamp last year and it was kind of cool seeing one days mixed with some tour stuff and. Um, but it it hasn't changed. Footy's changed. Um, yeah, changed. Soccer's changing. NBA's changing. Um, the cycling. The, the 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 different thing about cycling is the fact there's so many different cultures in one peloton. Yeah. And it'd be crazy to manage that. Crazy to manage so all the, and so many, so, so many hard. unwritten rules. Like the Italians ride bikes differently to the French, and the French ride bikes differently to the Aussies. Hmm. It's it'd so be hard. it'd be a hard thing to manage. So Jack had a previously had a, a you know English speaking coach at Bahrain. Now he has an Italian coach which is team appointed and but he doesn't speak very good english so the the, the cultural crossover is is a huge challenge mm. that we don't even think about here back you know in afl you think you get drafted and you might have to go across states but you go and get billeted out by a english-speaking family who probably give you a lot of love and care and home cooking and all that and the but you go and move over there and i don't know Cadell lived in the bloody attic of a Italian, an old lady, an old Italian lady who didn't speak English when he first got over there. Imagine that. Anyway, um, so you're right, Max. What what are they going to change? What take the opportunity? We had a game. What was it North Melbourne and Frio didn't have crowds. We didn't blink an eyelid at it. It's just mm. what you do now. We we're adaptable now because we, yeah. we're we're flying day of the game for our Tassie game. 
Yeah. It's a one o'clock start. We're at the airport at eight. I'll leave Blair Gary at about six. And you deal with it. Yeah. It's what it is now. Just, we deal with it. That's just what and that it opens is. up and that to me opens up opportunities. That things are on the table now. Yeah. So at the moment it's necessity it's opportunities out of necessity to get the, the content up, the games up. But in the future, things are on the table for the good, you know, for new things. So yeah, you're right. Has cycling you cycling gonna do that? Dunno. I hope they don't miss it because like you said at the start, they're about to go into this Vanderpool v Van Art battle and they gotta capture like that. Like yeah. they gotta make sure that they use that in the right way and it promotes cycling. Yep. Mm. Well they've they've got yeah, these amazing stories that are just being naturally created by athletes. The vans, the two Slovenians going at it, but had it, but there's no one to take that on. You've got the AFL just to take that on and and record it and capture it and present it and build it up and pull the media in around it. With cycling, which is which is a pretty topical one with the European Super League, um, getting traction and then falling over within two weeks. But it was a similar concept around they wanted to unify things, unify the structure, unify the games, uh, clear revenue streams, mm. shorter, sharper, more consumable calendar. Mm. What, Jason? What would it take in cycling? Like, how, how is it possible? Well, it'll take winners and losers. There would have to be, be some winners out and there'll be some losers out of it. But what what the European Soccer League was going to be, or like the Champions League, it's a narrative. So cycling is just race after race after race after race. We were saying before, there's something on every day. That's great in a sense, but you don't want it to become meaningless. Mm. Every, everything's got to mean something. Every race, every day, every stage has to mean something. Um, one of the things as a cricketer... I. I just hate the I hate series just get that get plucked out of nowhere. There's a yep. three match, a three game one day international series Australia versus New Zealand out of nowhere, or Australia go to such and such to play a quick series somewhere and then they're out. Like it's, uh, to me, it's all got to lead up to something. That's the beauty of the AFL is that for every game, every game is important. Four points is important. Yep. It all leads to an ultimate outcome. So. Um, and either end of the table. So if you know at the table you're looking towards the future, what the the, the bounty of talent at the bottom end of the table, if that's where you're at, because there's a narrative around that. There's a narrative at the top end is we want to win the grand final. So um, cycling's different. You can't. I'm not comparing everything to the AFL, mm. but it's about so structure, maybe some structure and some everything means something. You just don't want races meaning nothing. Um, what will it take though? What you say? Oh, like how, how is there anyone rich enough to do that? To take take everything, pull it all together. The AS like I kind of see the ASL was slowly you, creeping you know, towards you, that. You know what? If you think what's the biggest thing that's happened in Australian sport in, along those lines, the biggest flip of something, it has to be World Series cricket. I don't know. Maybe mm. I'm, it has no, to be the seventies. Kerry Packer coming. Who who thought someone could come in and take over cricket? And take it away from the Australian cricket board, which was all powerful. But that needed unified. They needed unified players, unification of the players to do that. Everybody had to be. If half the players were in, half weren't. It wouldn't have worked. He got them all together, all it, on board. If it benefits the athlete, yeah, you're halfway there. Exactly, exactly. But cycling's a little bit different because the tour think they're bigger than the athlete. But they, it's going to be it's going to be a hard race in a tour or a like, Giro or Volta with no athletes. Bigger than the sport. Yeah. So. It's um. Is there anyone rich enough? I don't. Is, is it? Is it? Or, but also, like yeah. you like you pointed out, it's not just rich enough, influential well, it's enough. It's not just about money. It's influential. Who can pull them together? Who can bring it together. Who can bring it together? It take. It would take something significant. Well, it's, it's not a person. It might be whether it's a news corp or a a big. But it, someone has to see enough value in 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 the sport too. Because you're right. You do things for a reason, for a purpose. What's Cadell's back pocket like? <laughs> no, it's not as good. It's not, it's not as much as it's going to require for this. I don't think so. He's he's look. Cadell be a, he'd be a great person to get on the podcast to talk about this. He's you know he's still very very passionate about the sport. Yep. Um, like you know, it's almost like I feel like just the sport, like the AFL Commission. Could cycling have a commission or a body that oversee? I know there's a UCI, but almost like could there be an independent body? I don't know, of esteemed people, businessmen, you know, esteemed cyc- former cyclists, um, you know, there are a variety of people that you have a a, a multinational 12-person type commission that oversees the sport, mm. which I know you say, well, we've got the UCI, but 
I don't know. Does it need someone something like that? Imagine the run sheet if we get Cadell. Mm. You'll send that out two weeks out. Oh yeah, we, there'll be iterations of it. But he, Cadell's a person. He'd be a fantastic person on that. He thinks he's, he cares about the sport. He thinks about the growth of sport. He's not he's not a selfish bloke. So you can't have selfishness. Yep. You can't have self interest in these things. So there needs people for the good of the sport, the growth of the sport. With the um, the kind of the two two ways that teams are funded, either through big sponsorships or an individual that has a bucket load of cash that they can push at it. Do you think the likes of Jerry Ryan's and the, the Tinkoffs and do they have too much self interest to be able to rally it together to pull together as one? I don't know. Do you want to- the short answer is yes. Yep. I think that's why they put money. I know Jerry. I don't know Jerry at all. I, I, I know Jerry loves cycling and loves rugby league and that's why he puts the money in. But he also, people who do that like to know that it's their money. Mm. So there's always going to be self-interest involved in that. Um, oh, <laughs> getting billionaires to to, <laughs> to, to align with each other <laughs> could be one of the hardest gigs you'll ever do. Yeah, I think I think Jerry's a very different person than someone like Tinkoff. So... I think Jerry, like they've, they've, there's a body called Valon, which is a, a collaboration of around about 12 teams. So I'm not sure where Valon are at the moment. It's, they've gone a bit quieter. But they were 12 teams pulling resources together to try and create new revenue streams for the sport yep. outside of back pockets and um, sponsorship. And uh, so Jerry was um, – Team Bike Exchange were part of Valon and a big part of it. So that was that's a starting point. But the French teams would never be part of Valon – don't think, not sure if movie star were part of it, but certainly some aligned. The, t- the French teams, purely because of the ASO and the owners of the Tour de France, and um, there was reasons why, for their own purposes, they just couldn't be part of it. I think they had a gun pointed at their head, probably. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm um, yeah, it's an interesting one. In saying all this, in the how messy UCI and cycling is, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of what cycling's about as well. That's a good point. Um, it's kind of cool that they're, they're the only sport that doesn't have their shit together. Oh. Like, <laughs> there's stuff going on. There's stuff going on every, everywhere. Like the French don't talk to the rest of the teams. Like yeah. it's just yeah, that's a good point. It's there's it's, a rawness about it yeah. that yeah. it's not controlled. Yeah. That yeah, that you see you, you would see. Is, but I, but I wouldn't enjoy being an athlete in that sport. Nah. It'd have a it'd have a uh, there'd be a, a limit to how much you. It's could good for play. a spectator. Probably poor for an athlete. Yeah. It's good once you get you get inside it. Once you get into the core of it, like Max watching GCN highlights every morning, that's when it's good. But if you're trying to get into it, the barriers to to work out what's going on is so <laughs> far. Mm. Um, what's this race doing? Why is this guy doing this? It's it's a long way. And so I think just the default is you just watch the Tour de France, and the, that's the outcome of this the, kind the of. The question is: In a hundred years' time, if they don't change, is it still? Is it still viable? That's the thing. They've got to cash in. Is it, is it still viable in 100 years if Probably they don't not. change and don't get the shit together? What I know about millennials, and there's a few around the football club, like Nathan Jones had his 300th game. Great. Uh, Cozzy Pickett doesn't know he played more than two years. Like Millennials do not care about history and will never care about history. <laughs> so the Tour de France <laughs> being like, <clears throat> we all go, how good would it be to win a Tour de France? Millennial go, which what's got the the highest prize money? Pay Roubaix. Oh, I'll go there. Yeah. Yeah, like they they honestly don't care about the history. Is and that right? So okay. as we move on, and I'm guessing the the uh, the generation that's going to be below millennials, I don't know what they're called. What are they called? Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Let's run with that one for the moment. Yeah. <laughs> the next generation, it's going to be there's going to be less and less worry about winning yeah. something that's got prestige around yeah. it. Hmm. So there's not going to be any Harry Taylors down there with war war history buffs. No, so they go history. Like people might. I've got friends that love World War history and stuff like that. I'm talking like the prestige of winning events. Yeah, it's it's more going to be more about what they can get in their back pocket. Okay, I dare so. Yep. Follow the money. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. And I guess like, do you take confidence, Max, that you know that there's a a body behind you that's that's working that out for you? Cycling's over here just just doing whatever. Whatever goes, goes in that country. Whereas you know you've got a clear body that's got business management at the top of it following that trend, evolving. Our, um, our PA, as much as I'm not a big union man, I don't really buy into 
a lot of the things I sit on the outside. I'm actually one of the people the union probably hate, like a powerful voice who just sits there and, <laughs> and doesn't do anything. Um, but I, I understand our PA is probably one of the better yeah, would be. players association worldwide. Would be. Um, maybe one of the American sports. I know NFL and NBA have got a bit of power in their league, the players. Um, definitely NFL, but uh, our AFL PA is really good. And our, our AFL body is really good as well. Um, they pull a rule out of their ass sometimes, but... Um, we got a genuinely healthy competition, don't we? Yeah. You've got a, and they've got a voice. They've got an influence. Yeah. They're listened to, um, and they're they're well presented. Like they know what they're talking about. Yeah. So the cycling, you know, the the, the cyclists. I, I I really um, I won't say my heart breaks, but I look at the guides. Sometimes what they have to go through. It's a tough sport. If you're earning eighty grand, a hundred grand, it's a tough way to earn a hundred grand a year. Yeah. Um. But the, the cyclist representation quite often just reverts down to safety in their sport. And that's a that's a big topic for sure. But there's so many more topics than just safety mm-hmm. in the race. Um, so the, the welfare, the, how do we get some sort of parity in cycling wages? What's, what, what's the view of the cycling union? The, um, the, God, I've forgotten their name. CPA, whatever it is. What's what's their view of the future of the sport? What's their mandate? What do they want to see happen? So um, are they listened to properly? Last year when we had the COVID, and we had obviously quite a lot of teams um, having to cut wages last year, and the AFL had that too. But what was their role in that? They, were, they, weren't, they just didn't really have a seat at the table. Sports that have missed the boat with players' bodies, like players' association bodies, um, are struggling now because tennis I'm not sure if you know much about tennis but Novak's tried to Dokovic. start his own players association and yep. it, it's it's almost too hard to play catch up to a, a place a, a sport that's been dominated by the actual body so yes. tennis is ATP yep. I think that's right um, and then it's almost similar with other sports even the smaller ones in Australia like rugby union they're, they're just trying to catch up so much where the players don't, don't have a voice I think that's why I'm so lucky to be playing AFL for Many reasons, but one is AFL is one of the league league brands, uh, the leading brands in that in that space. Head of the game, and the AFL made hard decisions when they needed to be made ahead and unpopular decisions. Yep. So put the commission in, what twenty years above every ahead of every other sport, and they're that's why they're they're forever. You've got that you're ahead of the game always. So the AFL's one of the best administered sports in the world, easily. Mm. Is that back to the? Um topic we were talking about before is that the way that you get to it so you've got the the first option of coming from the top with the the cashed up influential people pulling everything together or the other end of the spectrum of the athletes going up to the it always comes back to the aso being in the middle they're they're really the only powerful body in cycling is there, is there a tv rights yeah yeah well it, that doesn't go to the athletes no it's not no no, no, it's no, it does not. There's TV rights yeah. around various races, but it goes to the Tour de France. It goes to the owners. Yeah. The ASO is a private, highly um, successful business. Yeah, so not even so teams don't even get a any sort of yeah. generally not. They, they get a they get a fee to participate in the Tour de France. Yeah, which would you know they would say that is funded by the. Um, That's broadcast like, would be heavily negotiated. No, though, no, would no, it? no, I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> um, and that that was the catalyst for Kerry Packer and, and World Series cricket was yep. the the TV rights, the broadcast rights going straight to the Australian Cricket Board, as they were called then, and not and the players weren't sharing in it, they weren't sharing in any of the the, the returns. So, um, yeah, it's and but but then you get some events that don't have TV rights. You know, um, you know the the, the Alvin's Creation Race is not really a, a broadcast revenue giant. Um, but the Tour de France, look, it's the biggest tourism advert in the world on an annual basis. There's big dollars we're talking about there. But the the they, they would argue that they've created not necessarily just the riders and they would say, well, if you don't want to ride them, we'll find another team. We'll just put another team in. We'll put another French team in. But, yeah. I'm pretty sure I did an interview on Sunrise pre the great Cadell Evans' great uh, ocean road race. That didn't go around the world, the interview. Went around a few towns of Victoria, I think, Max. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, Sunrise it was too. You did too. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Our broadcast partner, Seven. Who's the sports reporter there? He loves to jump on a bike. Mark, um, Mark Beretta. Yeah, Mark Beretta. Barretts to his mates, to me. Barretts, Mark Beretta to sort of everyone else. <laughs> All the punters. <laughs> it's, Good bike. yeah, yeah. But like for a race like Cadell's, um, 
such a fantastic event, but for you to take that to another level is such a long journey because there's nothing to latch onto. There's mm. no Formula One Grand Prix season that you can be a part of. You are just mm. a standalone. Well, even even Tour Down Under connecting to that so is you know, hard enough. So you know, on that basis, that some couple of years back, or maybe three or four years ago, there was there was work in place about creating a classics a series, a one day calendar, and you know of of starting with the monuments and then building adding a few every year so you know you have your you, you got your monument races and you add strata bianchi to it which is there's talk about making that the sixth monument but the canal evans great ocean road race so we we're in discussions with the body of the, the the relevant bodies to 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 kick that off to have the canal evans great ocean road race as the first one day classic in the classics calendar for the year um finishing up with lombardia i suppose mm. um do you like to, do you call it lombardia on the show or lombardia what he just calls he just calls it the worst race of the year. Oh, that's what he was telling me before. <laughs> See, what do we prefer, Lombardia or Lombardia? And uh, I can Lombardia. Lombardia, okay. The correct pronunciation. Okay, over the other side of the Westgate, it's Lombardia over there. So <laughs> anyway, well, now I'm in Hawthorne, I suppose it's Lombardia. But um, <laughs> it is correct. So there was a narrative there that was going to have you know work up to fifteen races or something, which would have been a table and you know best. Rider, most point, best team, etc. There is a points ranking. Do, do there cyc- is. The there cyclists is. Which really, takes in all the... Do they really care about their, their points uh, ranking? Yeah, I, yeah it's, it's, I think it... I think they only care arguable, about... Yeah. They only care about contract. the UCI points they get, which adds to the value we'll of their contract. So when you see yeah. eight, eight, an eight-person breakaway uh, win a stage and then ninth is randomly sprinted for, that's for those points. They, they yeah. want them. Yeah, I think they yeah. want them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. UCI yeah. points, yeah. which is in turn adds to your contract value. Yeah, yeah. and World Tour when you as a team when you want to retain your license and everything, mm. there's a points element to it. Mm. At the moment, I don't think there's you know I think with the economic issues around the world and whatever, I don't think there's like there's teams jumping out, new teams jumping out left, right, and center. So it's a bit quiet in that space. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's let's touch on sprinting. Um, one of the things that happened since we last did a podcast and I think we questioned Cav's Cav's, uh, relevancy in the bunch anymore. He's like, we'll talk about... He was was winning bunch sprints against Andre Grapple. Let's calm down a little bit, but it was was good to see him. Hear me out. Hear me out. out. Let's not go into too much detail. we, we, We were talking about like, what is he doing? You should just hang it up. He's never going to win ever again. He's this absolute legend. Um, now, I know he hasn't touched up Gripel in early 2010, <laughs> but if I was a sprinter, like, would you be just just keeping an eye out? You know, this, this Mark Cavendish is back winning. There's an element of, there's an element is, in is, that. Is Caleb keeping an eye out for Cav? Um, so, I would say Caleb put a, did you see Caleb put a little, there's a tweet or Instagram post, whatever, he put a little one, like he was, so Caleb bows to Mark Cavendish, Caleb. Yeah. Has the utmost respect. Um, he's the the grandmaster of sprinting. He's my Dean he? Cox. Yeah, 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 exactly. Grandmaster. Everybody's got respect. They respect them. Um, so you're, ne- you're never going to hear these guys go, "Oh no," nah. they're, they're always going to say, he's, "You might have something up his sleeve." I think the real reality is is that Cav's a bit off the pace against those guys. Um, it's been a long time since Cav has even got close to him. Is it not, Alex? And and yeah, is, I think like we talked about, we've got, we've got those two guys. Damar, I think just that touch level down. Um, Cav, just a wealth of experience and a winner. I, I still love when he when he interviews. He talks about like he 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 sounds like he is the best rider in the world. And he's been crushing it for the last five years. To be fair. He did beat Jasper Phillipson, who has won bunch sprints mm. against good cyclists. Yeah. So that's that's there is something there. But if <laughs> imagine the day Sam Bennett has to lead out Cav because Cav's going better. Well, that's where they got lo- they got lost at Skelter Prize. Yeah. They were both there. They were both there. And they were both messy. they were both looking up at Phillipson on the podium, going, uh. "I think that team's that good that if they if they make the decision to ride for Cav, then you're in the game." Yep. So yeah. um, they that they're that good, and we've seen how many rides have we seen leave the team and just go nowhere so they're, they're that good at it um, but I don't think Cavs personally I'm, I hope I don't get egg on my face but I just don't think I don't think Cavs going to beat those fast guys I, th- I think like I said yeah. before Caleb and Sam are in their own league yeah. like Ackerman Damar uh, Viviani Gavilia all these, all these guys just seem to be that one step 
below. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, we are biased, but I only think Bennett's in that league because of the, the team, team he's in. Yep. I would agree with that. But no. it, it, you you would stand by that Caleb doesn't want a team like that, does he? Like a seven-person lead-out type setup. No, but he wouldn't mind being gifted a couple just yeah. to finish them off, I think. Yeah. If most wins Caleb has, he has to ride spectacularly. Team up with the FDJ it. Aussie. What's his name? Miles Scottson. Yeah, he seems He's to be doing a, a good wonderful job. job for a DeMar. No, I, I'm sure he'd be up for that. Yeah. I'm sure. he's And he's had a win recently. Yeah. Um, He's doing a really good job, Miles Scott. So, you go to a team like that, that can be a wasteland for a, a bloke like that. Yep. Um, that was great to see. And he's riding really well for them. And and that's part of the deal. And that's what, you know, Caleb, we talk about quite a bit is about who, you know, Morkov's out of um, contract this year at Quick Step. Yep. So, you go, what is he, 35, 36? You know, it's great. We're going to get, you're going to get Morkov. But when they leave Quick Step, quite often they're not the same rider. Mm. So, Richese left. Quick step and went to UAE to support Gaviria a year later, but hasn't really amounted to anything. Yep. Um, so, but I, I, I think Caleb to have someone like Scottson, like build a few odds, get a few Aussies in there. I think that's what he's got to be looking forward to for the next four or five years. So, to, to answer the question, long way of getting around the answer, I, Caleb's better than just having to be let out every time for a win. But I don't think he would mind being gifted a few just yep. the same. Mm. Did you see Miles Scottson's win? Yeah, did he got in the jersey? He got in the jersey, yeah, he got in the jersey. and he also crashed with about three k to go solo <laughs> off the front <laughs> in in genuine Miles Scottson form. He would never do it too elo- eloquently. He's he's binned it with three k to go on a, on a wet roundabout. He's picked his bike back up in in about ten seconds and went on to another. They actually had a good. That was a good little stage race then. Stefan Kornwan, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. After. Um, after the movie star guy punched it in the time trial. Uh, Mars punched in the time trial. And a little bit of animation. Did you see the clip of him afterwards torching his uh, helmet against the team car? Yeah. Don't We're on the outside. We're on the outside. So you're on the inside. Hmm. Probably not on the inside with Movistar. I'm not sure if you've ever had a rider go through Movistar. No, but I've, I've had a, a fair bit to do with them the last couple of years. Are they as much of a basket case as we say they are on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, that's a good... I, I reckon actually they're... I think they're aware that they're a basket case. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're aware that they haven't been that unified. We're talking about if unification or being unified is a theme of today's podcast, I think they're aware that they haven't been all that unified. It's, and not, yeah, it's not unified. It's more they put the eggs in the wrong basket every time no, as Possibly. Well. Yeah, possibly. And, um, and I think they are trying to ex- evolve a bit more yeah. and um, there's – yeah, look, I think they, they would have loved Jack Haig to go there. Um, they're trying to expand rather than just be seen as a Spanish team. Don't go to the Spanish team. If you're not Spanish, don't go there. Um, I think there are actually some really good guys in the management there. I really found them really good guys. Um, but, you know, Valverde is such a presence in there, isn't he? And um, and then there was some politics with, with um, Quintana there. I mean, that obviously that yep. the documentary told us all we needed to know, really. But I think they're—you just don't change it. It's like it's like Melbourne's like a footy club. You don't change it overnight. You know, it, it's people might say, "Geez, Melbourne going all right." I'm sure there's a hell of a lot of work that's gone behind the scenes the last few years to give Melbourne to put Melbourne where Melbourne are now. And I know there's a long way to go, but clearly there's some things that are right. It hasn't just happened over one preseason. That's well answered. That's well answered. Mm. It doesn't, doesn't happen over preseason. So I think they're aware of where they've gone wrong and what they what they need to do to get better. But it's going to take some time. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting, um, the Valverde question. We talked about it last um, last podcast. Where does he sit? Phil Gill, um, you pointed out, Jason, before that he's announced his retirement for the end of next year. Where do these older guys sit with just this, wrong, this young crop that's kind of carved out the middle part of cycling? You're either the fastest guy in the world or the best climber in the world and everything in between is just... Held by it'll, the bands, it'll and come Alifalib. down to performance. It has yeah. to. Like yeah. Nathan Jones, for example, is performing for us, so yeah. he keeps going. Yeah. Um, Sean Burgoyne's performing for Hawthorne. So if Gilbert's not performing, Valverde is. Valverde is he performing. Is. So is. It, it, I, I don't think I think ageism is a real thing in sport, and it shouldn't be. I, I, I think you get paid for what you're worth, and mm. um, if let's say Nathan Jones finishes top five in our BNF, he deserves another year in to get paid as as so. I reckon ageism shouldn't be a thing and Geelong are a good example of that. Although he didn't win last year, let's say they won last year, they won 
chasing Gary Ablett at 34. Um, they win this year. Hawkins they... got a two-year contract extension instead of just the, the normal one at that age. Yeah. So They win this year. They've brought in Higgins. They've brought in Isaac Smith like and paying them well. Like yeah. it's, I, I think age, ageism is a thing in sport that shouldn't be. Like The best tennis players in the world are still the three guys that have been doing it. Still for, the best. Yeah. yeah. I agree. So I... Um, Valverde's performing. Yeah, he's performing. It feels... Gilbert's not real, is he? And I, I, look, I've got this theory. If you announce your retirement, but people say if you're thinking about it, you're already retired. I don't necessarily agree with that, but if you announce it, and he's announced it 18 months out, that's a that's a long victory lap, isn't that's it? That's a Johnny so, Parnham, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's a real Johnny that's Parnham. That's a John Parnham. <laughs> um, that's a long victory lap. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe some for some people, maybe it inspires them. I don't know. I'm I'm not a big fan of it personally. Mm. I'm not a big yeah. fan of that. He's such he's such a big deal over there. Like, he, he's well the, liked. Yeah, yeah, oh, he is. well liked. He, he if you is. go to the homeland, he yeah. is loved. Like you go to, you go to Hello Sailor down the road, and yeah. there's pictures of him in the wall, just he's, local. And the riders, every, the riders rate him. Every rider pre Milan San Remo was saying, "I'd love to see Phil uh, Phil just get it, so yeah. he can be the five monuments." And yeah. everyone was yeah. so happy for him. And yeah, it has look from my view, it hasn't worked well for. For Caleb, there, I think he's not there. They, they you would surely put all your eggs in the Caleb basket. There's a, there's an element of romanticism about Phil winning it, but um, is there an is there reality around it? I don't think so now. Don't mm. think so now. You can, I mean, I don't know. You're not at that point, Max. You've seen teammates how quickly. I mean, I guess some slow, a slow decline. Others can drop off. I remember cricketers used to play with those to think once he drops off, he's going to go real quick. Mm. I won't say names, but. Um, but Phil seems to have that's gone past him now, surely. Yeah. Is that a rough call? I don't know. No, we said that about well, Cav. Yeah. Yeah. He might he might be yeah, it might be hustling for that kind of that tier two racing. He'll be in the mix again in a race somewhere. Yeah. But the big one. But he's he's the kind of rider we spoke about before that the vans have made extinct. They've taken it mm. to another level. Yeah, we're not gonna see Phil Jill They've made it hard for Peter. Sargon's just holding on. They've made yeah. it hard for him, let yeah. alone. And he's trying to pick the events. He's trying to pick the events that they're not at. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's an interesting one. But I, I think the notion of calling your retirement halfway into your three year contract, eighteen months out not sure I'd be loving that. <laughs> mm. Well yeah, it'll be interesting to see if 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 nothing comes to life this year for him, like nothing, zero wins, um, what if they still do the full year after that? Mm. Um, back to the back to the sprinters. Cav getting a few wins. Grunewagen's back. I I put Grunewagen in the potential to get back to uh, that Caleb and Bennett level. I think he's I think he's got the goods. Was he? I mean, I might have missed something. I get the crash and I get all his Grunewagen's fault. But is he the most hated cyclist in the world? He seems like he's apologising every time he ever gets into any sort of media. Hmm. Did um, uh, correct me wrong? Who was the guy who fell off the bike? Jacobson. Jacobson. Is he the most he loved, loved cyclist ever? And they just everyone wanted Grunewagen dead. Like it was phenomenal. It was nasty. It was a na- vitriol toward directed towards him, even from the the team the team manager. Of I've seen similar moves. Except, yeah, that, that haven't related yeah. to. Pascal Ackerman had a real bad one, didn't well, he? Well, yeah. That was Caleb's view. Caleb didn't think twice about it. Not He yeah. thought twice about the outcome. So that was obviously extremely brutal and graphic and a horrific scene to see. But in terms of what actually happened, he's like, that's just sprinting. Peter Sagan got kicked out of a Tour de France. Yeah. Running Cav into a barrier. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be a mental thing for Gronaway. And I think yeah. physically we know that he's... He's he's an incredible athlete, and he's always going to be just, as you say, he's apologising every step of the way. It's whether he's prepared to do what it's going to take. As Caleb will tell you, what do you need? I always say to Caleb, what do you need in a um, in a in a perfect world, in a, a perfect lead out? What's the one word? And he just keeps he just say fearless. Yeah, he's, it's a fearless thing. So he's, can Gronowy can go and do that again? Can he? Is he going to be like I can't bear? Doing something he's going to injure someone I, again. I sit with him on this. Mm. Is he, you know, where's he? He's just going to take a while. And his team have slightly gone away from sprints as well. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's because they didn't have Dylan, but I dare say they're more interested in some of the other stuff now. Well, Wout, Van, yeah. Van Ark, he can win them anyway. Yeah. He seems to. He seems to be doing anything. Does everything. But yeah, that's it's a, it's going to be a big call <laughs> for him to get back to that. Pr- 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 Primoz can win them. Yeah. Exactly. 
Yeah, they can do everything. He beat Michael Matthews in that in that bunch sprint, didn't he? Yeah. That's that's I think where there's there's those two sprinters at the top. There's three or four in the middle there around the vans and Alaphilippe. And then there's two guys at the climbing end of the scale, which are just levels above everything else. Like uh, the pog the pog picking up the win on the weekend. Yeah. Like he's he's beaten Alaphilippe, Mike Woods. Yeah. Quick guys. Off the back of having a week off accidentally because of COVID. And Alberto. Oh. Yep. Um, but I think like like we talked about, we'd loved you'd love the sport to build that story because having having the Tour de France guys race the one day classics, I think is the best thing ever. Mm. Um, and it's what the sport misses out on because people are so specific and and calculated and driven towards one event mm. that you miss out on the best in the world, which you see at every other sporting event in. Well, another, we, I was going to say, we need to see the vans in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, you need to see them in other places other than just Holland and Belgium. Sargon's been there. Sargon's been Sargon there. Sargon has, yeah. Correct. But um, the thing is, the thing that confuses you about cycling compared to other sports is you don't know when peak fitness is. Mm. So another thing for a novice trying to get into the sport, they go, what's Roglic's finished 55th in this stage? He just won the tour. Like, you just go, uh, Pogacar, sorry, this is crazy. And then... Van Aert's coming to Australia. He could get beaten in a bunch sprint by a, a, a random Australian, like, yeah. just because they're not on form. Mm. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't work for them form no. wise and yeah. timing, and that's why Cadell rarely did the Tour Down Under. You know, it used to frustrate them, frustrate the organisers. Could you move it later to to March? Could it? Or is it just tough. too messy? They it's don't tough. want to be in Australia then, do they? Because got, you got um, San Remo. Yeah. Um, and then all the the opening weekend in Belgium and all that's all around that time, and I think it takes them a while to so recover. It's already from at the, the it, latest possible time. It takes them it? a while to recover. Mm. I mean, you know what? Again, if you if we're asking for a reset and putting things on the table, um, you know, tennis players do it and they go and play it. Now I know people say, "Ah, oh, cycling, not tennis." Well, you know what? Every sport takes it out yeah. of you. It, it, you, you. I don't know. Why we don't not? necessarily need to be summer, does it? No. No. What 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 would it take to get the vans out to? So if you wanted you you say to the Victorian government next year I'm going to get the two vans here. What what do you need? Jason's wallet. Cash. Um, What's is that the incentive? Is the cyclocross season over there? When it did, it will there will be an overlap. There's, that's a big problem for the vans because they're pretty committed. They're yeah. they're, they're cyclocross riders, so. I can put him up in Blegary, take him to Sereno Pub. They <laughs> love it down there. Tell you what, it's, well, if, it's they knew what, if they knew Arth- how good if they knew how good it was, they'd probably have a look at it. I'd not say. far from Arthur's seat, they can go up it four or five times. Yeah, try and beat my record of fourteen minutes. I mean, that might take. Can you bring a? Could you do a? Could you do something cyclocross here with those guys and bring him here and then for the races as well? I, I don't know. It it would take a big investment. But jeepers, um, it'd be great to see those guys here. Because as I say, we, we, we get to see um, Nadal and Federer and Djokovic, etc. every year. You get to see Lewis Hamilton here for the Grand Prix. You get to see, you know, those those type of major events, cycling. You know, we get the one-off from Sagan. But it'd be nice to see the, the vans going against it and mm. the, the other up-and-comers in the sport. Because there is a there's a, there's a change, isn't there? A generational change. So... Let's build relationships with them now and get them over here because it'd be great to see. Yeah. The cycling fans would love it. Yeah, I'm that Jesus. much of a of a cycling nerd now. Do you reckon I do you reckon I'm going to jump on the cycling cross now? Cycling cross. You reckon that's me? You reckon I can make that step? Yeah. You got the okay. Throw throw the bike over the shoulder. Is that on what? GCN? There was a yeah. It is. It yeah. Is. I, th- I I don't know. GCN pass for me has opened up so many doors. The other part that we haven't talked about, which I, I'm I'm interested in, I th- I think there's more opportunity is the women's side of the sport. Because it doesn't have that core. Like, could could someone actually buy that? It doesn't have the racing. It doesn't have the structure. It's smaller. It's new. It's accessible. The answer is yes. Why not? If the women are up for it, um, why not? You know, why not? Why not be the new frontier? Say we're going to do something different. We're going to do it differently. I think that the answer to that is yes. Of course they could. They could the create woman, their own story. The woman sport is actually slightly more exciting. They yeah. tend to have 10 powerful girls always in finish, just all breaking away. They're all doing Vanderpoles mm. to a slightly lesser extent, but there's not many bunch sprint type setups. Is there like a boring 200K bunch sprint stage? Yeah. yeah. And I know they're starting to do um, 
versions of the old old men's races that are around, which is good. Should they make but, their own history though? But I, I'm th- mm. I'm of the view that that that's just put each pushing them down the path of we we uh, lesser versions. Yeah, we uphold ourselves to the UCI and yep. well, not the UCI, the ASO eventually, um, and we just go down the same trail and end up at the same spot as the men's. Mm. Um, I don't know what what would it take a Jerry Ryan. Does Jerry Ryan have enough cash? Oh, he's got enough cash. That's the answer. I'd say so. I'd say Max made a good point before. Like athletes, yeah, it's a it's a limited lifespan. You need to the for what the a lot of the the female riders, women riders make for what they put in and how good they are. It's not enough. So mm. I would say they. You would like to think that they would be open. I would think they would be open if it for meant commercially. They it's could the same commercialize AFL, it. AFL, Why AFL wouldn't w. they? AFLW is in a very similar spot. But it's probably slightly more advanced. They've got a league. Well, and they've also got a body to make yeah. it happen. And it's also quite separate to AFL. Yeah. Um, which is good. But they're still part-time and putting in a lot of effort for not much cash. Yeah. Yeah. It needs some big influences. Like, again, I'd come back to Cadell. He's he's a big supporter of women's racing. You know, when the Cadell Evans Croatian Road Race was first um, conceived, um, we were going to put we were going to start a women's race a few years later, budgetary-wise. We'll, we'll introduce the women's race a few years later, and Cadell was very firm. I can't put my name to it unless there's a, a women's race as well as a men's race. Simple as that. Mm. And um, and he was respectful of budget. He understood that. But um, but if there's a men's race, there should be a women's race. And he didn't want to be put up on a pedestal because of it. He's just like, you know, people say, oh, you're great, Cadell. You're a great advocate for us. He says, no, it's just what we should be doing. Yep. Simple as that. So... Um, so it needs some influences. People have influenced to actually think about that, but it needs a leap of faith from the women as well. But uh, yeah, the women are—they're great marketers. They have to they sort of have to be, but they do great content, great marketing. But someone like Gracie Elvin's retired. What this year? Is it last year? She retired. Gracie yeah. Elvin. Yeah, you know, she's COVID. been a good, yeah, good rider. She's a very good rider. But you wonder—is she set for life? Is she really well set up? And that probably not. She'll have to go into work and whatever. She's probably she's had ten years of the best years of your life and experiences but she's 10 years behind other people who've been working in in jobs and whatever else so yeah i don't know i'm just using her as an example mm. but I, i'm sure most of the women aren't being aren't getting the commercial return that they should be yeah yeah um on on this too i think a big step forward that cycling has made is through gcn i know GCN Discovery, it's all it's all come together. Just being able to watch the sport in the one place and actually watch it and not sift through. Um, oh, it got messy for a bit there. It got it? so messy when you had a little bit on SBS, a little bit on Eurosport. Couldn't get Eurosport on Foxtel. You know, some pirate link through the back end of Google. It was it was a mess. So bringing it together and adding in Cyclocross, big tick, big start. Yep. Agreed. Any final comments? Is that comment? the run sheet? Well, we've, we've got gone for an hour and 10 minutes and I've got a meeting in 13 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> are, we, are, we, are you going to do another one pre-Giro? Big star. I think we do a Giro pre-Giro. Yeah, so Giro, I won't give Giro, you my Giro tip then. The Giro's back. The Giro's back, I think. I think it was a good, it was a good business uh, overview. Thanks to Jason Backer and uh, very good insights. Thanks, Max Gorn. No worries. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Max. All the best for the Demons, hey? Oh, They're doing great. It's good to see. See you, boys.